0: welcome to this podcast by global church we are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere one to everyone if you want to find out more information check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk good morning global church another sunday welcome to everybody that's joining us by podcast live on youtube We've been looking at journeying with Jesus. You know, life's a journey, I've been saying that. Life is not static, it's always on the move. And we've got to learn to live life uh, to all its its fullness. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. And by the thief, he meant the devil. Uh, It comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life and life in all its fullness or life abundantly. God is a God of abundance. And uh, down the centuries, the church has restricted him to this, this, you know, mealy-mouthed, this weak kind of restrictive, you know, live by your means kind of God. When God is abundant, generous, kind. And we see that in the gospels. And I've been looking about Jesus and he'd been teaching about faith the word of God being like a seed that grows in your heart and even today when I'm speaking God's word to you it goes into your heart into your innermost being and it becomes a seed for a great life and if we have to, we have to get hold of God's word and we have to nurture it by talking about it it's like watering the seed we chat about it we keep mentioning it why because we want that seed to grow into a plant and to, and to bear fruit in our lives And so Jesus had been teaching like this and then he got into the boat because he was on a journey and Jesus is about purpose and he plans. His plans often change, but his purposes never change. And so he knew he was going to go across the lake and he said to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. The Bible says that the disciples, Jesus got into the boat and the disciples followed him. That's Christianity. You'll know a Christian because they're following Jesus. They don't just follow their own thoughts because they've realized the thoughts have got to come in line with with what the Bible says because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want the life, you've got to go his way. And there are many believers. There are many believers who don't go his way. And they're the ones that grumble and complain about him or grumble and complain about church. You know, church has hurt me. Church has done this. I can't believe church and yada, yada, yada. And you're like, do you know what, have you ever hurt anybody? I'll bet you have. You don't have to live long to be hurt by somebody or to hurt somebody. And I want to say it's in church that we find forgiveness and we learn to forgive others and we learn to receive forgiveness from others. And so, you know, I want, to, I want people to grow up a bit. I want people to mature. We can only do it if we go God's word and God's way. The moment we start to say, I know better than God's word, that's the place where we depart from God's wisdom. And it's just sheer arrogance, sheer arrogance. So Jesus gets into the boat with the disciples. You know, there's a storm comes up. The storm didn't wake Jesus, didn't disturb Jesus. The unbelief of the disciples disturbed Jesus. But Jesus was asleep in the storm. And I want to say again this week, you know, Jesus, God can give us a peace and a rest that stops us from getting burnout and fatigue and overtired and stuff. There is a rest that you can find in Christ, that you can find nowhere else. And Jesus was asleep and at peace, even though all around him was a storm. But when he woke up, he had the energy, the peace to deal with the storm. He spoke peace to the storm and you can only speak what you have. You can only give what you've been given. And we need that peace. That's for somebody this morning. These disciples, they were on the journey with Jesus. A storm came up, Jesus saved them from the storm. He is a great saviour. But he saved them because he was going to find somebody. And this somebody didn't know whether God knew that they existed or not. This somebody, it was maybe like you today, you're saying, my life doesn't really count. Nobody really bothers about me. Nobody cares. And you know, Jesus was going looking for this man. But this man was at the other side of the lake. It was Jesus' mission to go and seek and to save that which is lost. And he's on your case too today. He wants to seek and to save you. If you don't know him, you're lost. If you found him, you're saved. So, so you you know, you're being saved. So let me just do a reading for you. And this reading is about a man. The Bible calls him the demoniac. And in Mark chapter 5, it says this. The disciples went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes when Jesus got out of the boat a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore not even with chains that's supernatural power that this man's exerting on the chains for he had often been chain, chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones, just abusing himself, hurting himself. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God, swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him, send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. Jesus had power over the invisible. He has power. Not just the wind and the waves, but over fallen angels called demons. There's no spiritual power. No power of darkness that comes against you that Jesus has not got power over. You you never need to be afraid. The name of Jesus is more powerful. He gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. Listen to this. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. They committed suicide. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And there, afraid it's funny whenever you meet the power of God in the Bible people are afraid those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon possessed man and told about the pigs as well then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region How strange as Jesus was getting into the boat if you ask him to leave he just walks he only goes where he's celebrated he doesn't go where he's tolerated As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said this, and this is really interesting to me. Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, that's the ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people... We're amazed. Jesus is amazing. And I want to say about that last bit, Jesus sent him back to his family. Why? Because this man had not had normality for years and he sent him back into his family. It's as though Jesus is saying, go and learn how to be family again. And that's a message that we want to bring us global because we're big on community but communities are made out of families, which are made out of individuals. And we're, we want to build families together again. Some families, you know, they're so estranged. They don't want to come back together. They'll never come back together. But maybe you're part of that. You're part of a dysfunctional family. And you're saying, they don't want it. I don't know that I want it. And you're like, well, that's fine. But what are you going to produce now? You need a family. Church is like a family. You need a family where you can thrive and be nourished so that you then know how to nourish your family. So that the dysfunction is not passed on from one generation to another. I'm speaking to somebody today, and you need to receive this. Jesus said, go back to your family. And for some of you, you can't. You just have to start your family and learn how to nurture, learn. You men, knowing how to lead in life, and lead in in your family. And not just leave all the pressure to the woman. she does all that. She's good with with money. No, come on, you grab hold of it. Anyway, I digress because I'm passionate about people and families. You don't have to have what generations previous have had. You can start afresh with Jesus Christ like this guy did. This man, this man cut himself. This man didn't rate himself. This man abused himself. Self-harm was massive. Isn't it funny when there's darkness in your world? People have been involved in the occult, in mediums and spiritualists and stuff. And they say it's Christianity. It's not Christianity. It's a masquerade of Christianity and the devil's good at masquerading as an angel of light. But isn't it funny? They have a fascination with death. And this man is around the tombs. That's where he hung around. And you know that's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is about life and and loving and future and energy and people. The devil's about loneliness. He takes you away from people, gets you up a cul-de-sac where there's no way out. And the ultimate is suicide. And that's what these demons were inf- were inflicting on this man. We know it because when the demons were cast out, what did they do? They possessed pigs and caused the pigs to commit suicide. This is startling. But I want to say life is a journey. And in, in the journey of life, dark things will come to you. To try and depress you and oppress you. Dark things will come to your family. We've got to understand where it's coming from. And when we journey with Jesus, we are going to meet people like this. And there's no backing off. We're coming right in. So many people, so many people do not rate themselves. They don't know their worth. Let me just go through some lyrics of a song. There's a great man that I met years ago in Peckham. And we were doing a mission at a Baptist church. and We were doing some outreach and stuff. and, And a man called Graham Kendrick came to work with us. He's an amazing, amazing fella in the Christian world. For you guys that don't know the Christian world, he's a brilliant musician and a real pioneer of church planting and stuff. And he wrote this song. I used to sing it, not as good as him, but I nicked the lyrics, I nicked the song years ago. And i take this song around some of the secondary schools. But the words are poignant. It says this. Is a rich man worth more than a poor man? A stranger worth less than a friend? Is a baby worth more than an old man? Your beginning worth more than your end? Is a president worth more than his assassin? Does your value decrease with your crime? Like when Christ took the place of Barabbas, would you say he was wasting his time? Well, how much do you think you are worth, boy? Will anyone stand up and say, would you say that a man is worth nothing until someone is willing to pay I suppose that you think that you matter. Well, how much do you matter and to whom? It's much easier at night when with friends and bright lights than much later alone in your room. Do you think they'll miss one in seven billion when you finish this old human race? Does it really make much of a difference when your friends have forgotten your face? If you heard that your life had been valued that a price had been paid on the nail. Would you ask what was traded? How much and who paid it? Who was he and what was his name? If you heard that his name was called Jesus, would you say that the price was too dear? Held to the cross, not by nails, but by love. It was you broke his heart, not the spear. Would you say you are worth what it cost him? You say no but the price stays the same. If it doesn't make you cry, laugh it off, pass him by, but just remember the day when you threw it away that he paid what he thought you were worth. How much do you think he is worth, boy? Will anyone stand up and say, tell me what are you willing to give him in return for the price that he paid? You are worth that much to God. Someone once said, you know, God was in Christ and he stretched out his arms. When asked, how much do you love me? Stretched out his arms and said, this much. It's beautiful. I love it. I love the gospel. Because the gospel demonstrates your worth and my worth. You and I are worth more than 2,000 pigs. Or let me put it in everyday language, you are worth more than a massive business. You are worth more than your business. It's killing you. And you're worth more than that business but you're serving it trying to trying to you you, you know if i can just if i can just i want to say give it to god let god give you miracles in your business let god give you things rather than you striving all the time to make it happen if it's to be it's down to me and you're losing sleep and you turn to drink or you're turning to other things that are not healthy for you you're not looking after yourself i'm speaking to somebody today and i want to say you're worth more than your business and it's not that your business doesn't matter but in comparison with you it doesn't but god wants to give you both great health and a great business it's not either or but we've got to do it his way gosh that's for somebody today can we go back into the story of the demoniac because they meet this man on the journey this was a pitiful man for a long time this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house but had lived in tombs that is not normal and he comes running at jesus The you know the disciples and jesus and the the through the storm they got through jesus said let's go to the other side and they landed when jesus says it is going to happen and so you've got to keep believing what jesus has spoken to you they get to the other side of the lake they land and then all of a sudden this naked man who's cut himself, he's bleeding, he comes running down, he's all dishevelled, he's he's been in lockdown for years, his hair's grown, his beard's grown, and he's he's looking horrific, and he's shouting at the top of his voice. And the disciples are like, well, you're going to sort him out, Jesus, and if if you need any help, just give us a shout. (laughs) Jesus, follow God's love. Perfect love drives out fear. Jesus was not frightened of this man. Not at all. He'd come to rescue him. This man had been driven to lonely places. He'd been held by demonic powers. He was intimidated, scared and lonely. And he thought, God doesn't know me. God do- nobody knows, nobody cares about me. And that's a lie from the devil. And the devil says the same thing to you and me. And he comes and often we have a pity party. And it's like, no, don't have a pity party. We need to know that we are loved so much from by God. Even if nobody else loves us, even God says in his word, though a mother forsakes a baby at the breast, he says, I'll never forsake you. And he uses such an intimate thing there, a powerful bond between a, a mother and the child. And he says, even if that's the case, I will never, I will never forsake you. And you said, but I've been through all sorts of rubbish. Where was God then? Where was God then? God's always been there, but you've got to turn to him. We've got to invite him in. Generations can't turn to God in Great Britain because they've never heard of him. I've done schools work where I've gone into schools and they don't know the difference between Moses and Jesus. They don't even know who Moses was. And many don't even know who Jesus is. And, you know, failure in reaching out to people is not that they reject Jesus, But that we don't give them a Jesus to reject. You know, life is is a journey. I want to put it another way. For us as believers, life is a mission. We are on mission with God. We join with him in his mission. And it's got ups and downs coming our way. It's never dull and boring. When people say Christianity is boring, I'm thinking, you don't really know God. You ask the disciples, is Christianity boring, following Christ? Is it boring? And it just said, we just nearly got shipwrecked. And now we're facing this demoniac. <laughs> Scary, but not boring. Loneliness, I can remember being lonely. As a teenager, I would never go back uh, to teenage years. If you're a teenager watching this, you know, give your life to Jesus and tell him, speak to him privately, and you'll get through your teenage years. Commit to your church. And you don't have to be up upfront, just, just slide in there and commit. To your church, because I tell you, um, it's tough being a teenager. And I tried to fit in by being loud, and I was impersonating people, I was in trouble, I was the entertainment for the school, and I uh, left with no qualifications whatsoever. But I used to impersonate Rigsby from you've got to be at least 50 to understand what I'm on about now. But Rigsby, were like, man, we're Miss Jones, he was through he was another one, and then Elvis Presley. Well, love me tender, love me sweet Cliff Richard, all oh, the young ones. I used to impersonate all sorts of people. Why? Because inside I was empty. And empty vessels, if you throw a stone in a steel bin, it rattles around and I rattled as a teenager. I was so empty, but I was lonely. And, and everybody goes through loneliness. Every one of us. You're not odd or strange. And like this demoniac, he was lonely, he would nobody to reach into, reach, uh, could reach to. He cut, he, he burned all his bridges, and something demonic had come over his life. I don't know what he'd done, but the Bible says that, that rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. And this man, maybe had rebelled against his parents, rebelled even maybe against his marriage vows, but he'd rebelled that much that there was no protection from God left. He had pushed the boundaries so much. He'd come right out like a father who loves his son, but the son goes away and he's in dodgy territory and his father can't protect him anymore. Why? Because he doesn't want it. It's not that the protection's not there, but he doesn't want it. And maybe this man had rebelled so much, like nobody's going to tell me what to do. We are full of that as a nation. And I love Britain. But we are full of that as a nation and we need to repent. We need to turn from that and turn back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. And this man, in in all his mental state, it wasn't just mental illness. It was beyond that. It was demonic possession. But when he saw Jesus, something came alive in him and he didn't know what it was, but he reacted. It was a reaction beyond himself. Have you come to torture us, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? And Jesus spoke to him. He said, What is your name? What is your name? Jesus is relational. What is your name? And he said, My name is. And for the first time, maybe in years, the voice of his creator came. And when he spoke, his mind came back and he could hear and he could respond. And and something became clear to him at that moment. What is your name? It was friendly. It was inviting. It wasn't intimidating like the voices that was going on in his mind previous. And, and and so he goes, my name is. And he's responding to his creator's call. And then the most devastating verse in this story is. My name is legion for we are many. He starts the sentence by saying, my, singular, my name is. And then the demons take over and they say, legion, for we are many. They went plural. And he, the battle is raging. And all we get is the it comes out of the mouth. So we know there's something going on in his mind. And it's light versus darkness. It's demonic versus, versus Jesus releasing power. And Jesus commanded the demons to come out and they spoke back to him and they said, send us into the pigs. And Jesus, the Bible says, gave them permission. Do you know what? Then demons were coming out. And Jesus, for whatever reason, gave them permission to go into those pigs. How much do you think you were worth? This man was worth more than 2000 pigs or a business. In God's eyes. Politically correct people can make what they want of it. But we we'll listen to what God says. we see how, how God works with people. And this man is worth so much. You see, God did know that he was alive. God did know what he was going through. And God had come to rescue him. We played a game at school. i sure you did. Primary school, you play a TIG. And if somebody TIGs you, you've got to go and put your hand on the wall. And you, you can't move until somebody who hasn't been tig runs under your arm, and you're free then, and you can go and set other people free. That's a picture of Jesus. He's the one human being that never fell into sin, never gave in to temptation, never, not for a moment. And he was free. So he could set other human beings free. And and then our, what he asked from us is, go and set other people free. You know, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said, Matthew 28. Now go and make followers and disciples of other people plant churches baptize them in the name of the father the son and all the spirit teach them all the things that i've taught you why teach them because i've got to get some sound thoughts in our minds in order to build sound lives prosperous thoughts for prosperous lives loving thoughts for loving lives he fell at jesus's feet in a heap of spiritual mental and physical torment I don't know what you're going through, but most of us don't go through this. But if you are, that's in the Bible for a reason, to let you know. You're never too lost. You're never too far down. You're never too much in darkness for the reach of God to come in and pull you out and rescue you. Jesus is about to liberate this pitiful man. What I love about this story is the man came as he was, naked, bleeding. And in a an right mess. But if we will change our thinking. If we will come to God as we are. Just like this man. God gives, gives us the power. To live by his standards. It's amazing. It gives us the power to think his thoughts. That produce life and love and energy. It gives us power to have eternal life. Starting now he gives you the assurance. That you've got eternal life forever. Our problem is not a physical problem. If if God had to say to us, in order to get to heaven, in order for you, for you to have eternal life, come to you now, for heaven to come to you now, I want you to climb a mountain. Many men would say, I'm up for that. Uh, I want you to fight a fight. Some men would be up for that. Stop a train with your head. Okay. <laughs> you know, some men would do that, but our problem's not physical, our problem's spiritual. We are dead. In our trespasses and sins spiritually dead therefore we are cut off from the life of god we're cut off from his life his love his power and his care and we need to turn to jesus the bible says in one timothy he says for there is one god and one mediator between god and men the man jesus christ who gave himself as a ransom to all men but this morning will you turn to christ like this man did will you find a new life in Jesus. I've run out of time. I'm gonna to have to take this on to next week. But it's an amazing, amazing story of extreme loneliness, extreme darkness that has come into a man's life because he's rebelled so much. And you know, I've, I've been a rebel in my time and I know so many people that have rebelled and rebelled, so many people that are dead now because they took a lifestyle of violence and rebellion and drugs and stuff and the people that should be alive are now dead and rebellion has took them there and I want to say you know we need to move back we need to return to our God who doesn't come to intimidate us who doesn't lie to us but who builds us up and who gives us hope and a future and he says my burden is light come to me all you who are weary and heavily laden and I will give you rest give i will give you rest he said take my yoke upon my burden upon you because my burden is light and i am humble in spirit because his humble in spirit can treat you and me even the tough guys he can treat us with gentleness from the team here at global church thank you for listening to this podcast please check out our other messages available on the website